be baptized or know somebody who is, let us know. We'll contact you and do that as well. Okay. Without further ado, Pastor Jessica has come, is coming to preach on the Shema. Good morning. Ooh, it's funny, you walk in here and there's like my kids in the front row and I turn around and all of you showed up. Y'all have a hair after me, huh? Good morning. Um, like Lindsay Emmerich said, we have a lot of kids in the service today. Um, don't let that distract you. They are a pleasure and a joy and they make some noise and they bring some energy and that's what we want, really. We want our kids to be in here, to be learning about Jesus and worshiping as a family. Yes? Yeah. Cool. All right, kids, parents, parents of kids, you should have this sermon notes page. You can take notes on words that you heard but didn't know. You can talk about uh, your favorite song, draw something that you heard today. These are in your little clipboards. Okay, kiddos? Cool. Um, and kids, do you have an adventure Bible? Do you have an adventure Bible? Hold it up high. Let's see how many of you have it. We got quite a few over there. Um, kids, if you need a Bible, there's some on the back table. We're going to be, um, you're going to want to know this, babies. You're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. So that is big chapter 6, teeny tiny verse 4, if you guys want to look that up. Um, we are in the fourth week of our series on the Shema. And the Shema is a prayer um, found um, in Deuteronomy 6 and some other places in the Bible. And that ancient Jewish people would pray every morning and every night. And what they've done is they, um, they combined lines from uh, Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 11, and Numbers 15. And they combined those lines, and that is the Shema. That's a prayer every morning, every night, every morning, every night. And they played, prayed it rhythmically, um, and they do to this day. Uh, that prayer starts in Deuteronomy 6 with these words, Hear, O Israel. Do you guys remember in week one, we talked about the word hear is the word Shema. That's why the prayer is called the Shema. And that word means hear, means listen, but it also means listen and do. It means listen with action. It doesn't mean just hear this. It implies movement along with it. You'll find that all through the Bible. You'll find that in most of the book of James. You will find that in our own Verse in Matthew 7, whoever hears these words and puts them into practice, that's always what you should do with the Bible, right? That's what I should be doing when I read this and I hear it. Put it into practice. So keep that in mind when we talk about the Shema prayer today, okay? Um, we're going to look at, we've covered, gosh, we've covered um, with all your heart, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and today we're hitting that next word. Sully, I asked Sully to come up and read Deuteronomy 6. Can I have that mic, Rick? Read Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9 for me today. Thank you. Are you ready, buddy? I'll hold it for you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Good job. <laughs> He's been practicing. He did good. 
These words were spoken uh, by Moses as the Israelites prepared to go into the land that God has promised them. These are the words that he is saying. And if you remember the story of the Israelites, they're spending 40 years in the desert. It's kind of a funny show, a little bit of their own making. Um, but God has rescued them from Egypt and he sustained them through the desert and he has been their guide by day and their guide by night. And yet, the Israelites still turn away to him, to other gods. They still kind of go to um, fake gods and really all the horrors and disappointments that come with them. And Moses is there and he's saying, love the Lord your God. And he's begging this new generation of Israelites not to make the same mistakes that their ancestors did, okay? He urges them to love the one true God in a time when other nations are pretty scattered. They have a lot of gods for a lot of things. They got a god of weeds and a god of like making good deals at the market. And it's the scattered worship of different fake things. And I really think that people tend to do that um, because it's easier to say, I have a weed problem, I'll go to the god of weeds. That god just handles weeds. That's a little bit easier for us. It's ridiculous, so he's shaking her head. It is ridiculous. But it's a little bit easier for us to say, I have a weed problem, I'm going to go to the weed guy, rather than going to the God of everything, the God who holds even me in his hands. That's harder. Eternity is hard for us, isn't it? I just think that's kind of why they do that. Goodness, Romans 1.25 says it well. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator. Um, we do that, I do that daily. Like it's such a hard thing. It's so easy to forget God and it's such a hard thing to turn to him and nothing else. But we know that their God is not like our God and their rock is not like our rock, yes? Yes. Love the Lord your God, our solid, solid rock with all your heart. Everyone say heart. 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 Kids, you can do better. Everyone say heart. 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 If you remember your heart, your lev in Hebrew. Um, Hebrews, remember, didn't understand um, a brain. They didn't have a word for brain. So everything, your cognitive um, thinking and your feelings um, is said to be from your heart. From the heart the man speaks and what a man decides in his heart and words like that. You see that a lot through the Bible. That means your feelings and your thoughts. Okay. Uh, everybody say soul. soul. Remember from last week, soul. Do you remember the word? It's nefesh. Soul means body and spirit tethered together. Inseparable. Yes? Uh, strength, everybody say strength. strength. That's the word we're going to look at today. Uh, kiddos, do you know what strength is? Yes? Good. I need some help here. We are going to have a strength challenge, and I've asked my buddies Jaden and Carter to come help me with this. Oh, wrong backpack. And Jaden, oh, sorry, Cheryl. Jaden is going to bring his buddy Mike, or no, Carter's bringing Mike. Jaden is going to bring his mama. We need Lindsay and Mike. And we're going to test and see how strong you are. All right. Carter, come over here, man. Jaden, stand here. Carter, you stand right here. Mike, left all the way. Jaden, right here. Okay, on the count of three, you guys see this weight in front of you? I'm going to turn you around, my friend. See this weight in front of you? This is a 10-pound weight. This sucker's not light. On the count of three, I want you to pick it up very carefully. Show us that you can do it and put it back down. Ready? Count with me, we'll go three, two, one, okay? Ready? Three, two, one, lift. Oh, you got it, okay. Put it down very carefully. Don't drop it on your toes, put it down on the ground. Okay, next challenge. This backpack over here, move on, is 20 pounds of books and weights. Wow. Everything in my home went into these backpacks, driving me to heavy. All right, on the count of three, I want you to lift up these backpacks. Are you ready? Okay, 
Three, two, one, lift. Whoa, Whoa Ellie. Yes, you got it. Good job. Oh, yeah. You can put it down. You guys are strong. I'm so happy. Okay. It's about to get weird. We're going to go three, two, one. Jaden, I need you to lift up your mama. I need you to lift up Michael. Give me your best shot. Three, two, one, lift. Okay? You guys can go. Thanks, Mike. They are very strong. I am thoroughly impressed. Could you love the Lord your God with all of your strength, with your mighty muscles? Could you do that? Yes? You could. You could do that in so many ways. You could help someone who is not as strong as you. You could do super hard work at your job. You could run and play in your backyard with all your heart. All of these things really would make God so, so happy. But did you know, especially these sweet kids, did you know God is so much more concerned, not with what you do, but with who you are? And that really, uh, spoiler alert, is what the word strength here means today. So let's look at that, okay? Um, something to note real quick, you're going to see there's a lot of overlapping meaning between heart, soul, strength. We're on the last one, so you're going to be picking up a lot of overlap. And that really is because... Um, the Hebrew language is just so much more poetic than English. Um, I read the other day that Hebrew is said to have a word for every notion, and we very much see that in this passage. So um, embrace the overlap. We're not lying to you. It's definitely this build-up moment that Moses is doing here, okay? All right, strength. The Hebrew word for strength, remember we have heart is nev, soul is nefesh, strength. The Hebrew word for that is me'od. Um, Me'od is a very, very common Hebrew word, um, and it's used as an adverb. Any of you grammar nerds recently become one, so that was fascinating to me. Um, it's used as an adverb that intensifies the meaning of other words. It's a little bit weird to use as strength, isn't it? So let's look at some examples in the Bible. In the creation story in Genesis 1, God calls all his creation good, but of the humans, he says, they are me'od good. In the story of Noah in Genesis 7, the world floods and it says the waters become me'od powerful, extremely powerful or very powerful. In 1 Samuel 11, um, when Saul becomes king of Israel, the Bible says he was me'od happy. Um, biblical authors could also um, use me'od to intensify a word to its like, full capacity if they used it twice, just like we do with um, adverbs. In Genesis 30, Jacob was me'od, me'od wealthy. And Israelite spies say in Numbers 14 that the land they went to check out is me'od, me'od good. Um, so me'od doesn't mean strength, like muscle power or even willpower. It really means very or much. Cool, huh? Yeah. I think it's fascinating. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Let's go back to that Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your will and affections, and with all your soul, your whole life and physical being, and with all of your strength, your muchness, your me'od. If me'od intensifies a word's meaning, then what we're really reading here is that we should, no surprise, love the Lord our God with all of our everything. And that's, that's pretty stinking cool. Um, that word me'od is used to signify like an immeasurable amount. It's not often used except when they use it twice. It's usually used once to say, there isn't an end to this. There is no full capacity. Does that make sense? 
Pretty interesting. Love the Lord your God with all of your muchness, your uh, unique you element, yes? All right, um, how does this play out really in your life? I'm gonna list, <laughs> I'm gonna give you um, three things, three of the most simple things. Um, these are not clever, these are not new, but they are pretty incredible if you will open your heart and give this a chance, okay? First, we pray. And when we pray, we really, really pray. Uh, Psalm 116 says, I love the Lord. Lindsay just read this. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. He hears your voice. He treasures your prayers. Like Rick said last week in Revelation, he treasures those prayers. He holds them tight, and he is waiting for the perfect moment to enact justice and mercy He's not let them go. He's not ignored you. He's treasured them. And what better way to show your love for someone we notice than to spend time on them, to spend your words on them, to spend your heart out on them. And I do not see her here today, but Karen Sherman, if you know her, you know she is a perfect human example of this, of someone who pours their heart out in prayer. That one is called to pray, and she prays for each of you, each of you, probably by name, knowing her, right? And that's why she, she leads our prayer ministry here at Foundation Church, and that is why, because we trust her with our whole heart. She really prays, and we're just so grateful for her. Um, <laughs> do you know what that actually reminded me of? Um, have you seen the, um, the memes that have, like, this is Bob, it's like a stick figure. This is Bob. Bob reminds his VHS tapes. Be like Bob. <laughs> that's what I wanted to do to Karen. She's not here to enjoy that. Uh, next thing we do, we worship him. And I am not exactly talking about music and singing here. I think you all know that by now. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And you know that uh, worship is living. Yes? Amen. Worship is living. When I say worship. I feel like as the worship director, I'm allowed a music worship rant every once in a while. You're welcome. I um, would love to spend time on that, but I'd rather you know, rather than the music portion of what we do here corporately, it's beautiful. There are many biblical reasons that we do that, but what I make here in worship is um, I want you to go home and do the gross dishes in the sink with a glad heart, just out of a sacrifice of worship to your God, and I want us to go to work tomorrow but this time, go to work and do everything as if you do it for the Lord himself. Yes? That is just this huge sacrifice of worship. And when you do your work as if you're doing it for God, guess what? You're literally doing your work for God himself. There's just nothing more beautiful. If you parent with God in mind, there's nothing more beautiful. If you are laying bricks with God in mind, it's beautiful worship. Really, anything you offer um, out of that muchness and out of that worshipful heart um, could show love for God. I want to pick on Patrick. Patrick is a perfect example of this in my home. That man puts his whole heart into everything he touches. There's not one thing that he does here. He made some signs. They look cool. They look awesome. Yeah. Um, but he does put his whole heart into it. That is his ministry. That is his gift to um, to you, but mostly to the Lord, and he does not give a sacrifice that costs him nothing. He really puts all of himself and his whole heart into that, his sensitivity, his creativity, and it's just so easy to see in him. And when you think of that, if I can give you a human example, like he really is just the best example in my life of what it means to do your work as if you're doing it for God himself. 
if you love the Lord out of this muchness, you can practice really here with music and singing, practice that part of worship that you take out to do your living. Does that make sense? Dragon Kid. Last thing we do, um, we serve. We um, step into the opportunities that God provides and uh, maybe you are uniquely equipped to do foster care and hold frightened little toddlers in the church nursery or um, there's just a million things. You can mow lawns and make everybody laugh so hard like Zach. We need a Zach in our life. Each of you brings something different. Um, I have another story about another person who is not here today, but I can't wait for you all to know this about her. Paige Fleck is just a, a gift from the Lord. Our little guy, Lincoln, um, he was three days old and he started having seizures. And by the time he was five days old, um, we were in Sacred Heart. And by the time he was 10 days old, I had not slept in four days straight. And I think I was like losing it. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't speak. I've never been so tired in my life. And you all know when you bring babies home, those first few weeks are just brutal. You know, like they're a tough couple of weeks. And we're in the hospital, not really sure what's going on. It was, a, it was a rough day. And into his hospital room walks Paige, lovely, lovely Dr. Paige. And I, I don't know Paige, we're not close. We don't see each other weekly, we see each other here, you know? And in walks Paige and she takes one look at me and she goes to our nurses and she says, chop, chop, chop. She gets all our nurses in line and she gives me a coffee and a sandwich. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I cried. I don't know if I was capable of crying, but she was, Paige was just being Paige, right? She's just being Paige. But Paige herself was the sweetest gift to me in that moment. And I hung on through some tough weeks. I hung on to that love, that just practical care from that woman. I hung on to that tight. She's just being Paige. She just saw an opportunity and took the opportunity and cared for me. There's going to be a lot, a lot of opportunities like that. Goodness. Matthew 25. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And that is exactly what she did that day. And I will forever be grateful to her for that. And there's so many moments that we can engage in there. Um, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Joined and held together by each other. Does that make sense? If we're all part of one body, we are joined and held together. We grow together and grow in love 
as we each do our part. Chris Fisher, you're back on the board, friendo. That man brings his whole heart to every song, to every conversation, and there have been so many weeks where I come in um, begging the good Lord above for a little bit of help, and he often answers that through Chris Fisher. Um, Rick said at a staff meeting I the other day, he said, we could not be us without you. We could not be, we could not do, Rick and he and I have no intention of doing everything, nor could we, right? Yeah, no thank you. We're not good at it, we can't do it. It really takes a whole group, it takes this, I just look at each of you and see you um, with my whole heart as family, and a family that grows together and supports each other and holds each other together. Um, I'm just so grateful. Um, it does take you. There are a lot of opportunities. I don't mean to plug serving, but I kind of do because for your own sake, for your own sake and for God's glory, would you just step out and take the opportunities and serve for the sake of loving the Lord your God with everything you can give, with all of that muchness that you have. I do not have Cheryl's muchness. That stinks for me, but I don't. We need Cheryl. We need Cheryl. And remember, really, it's not about what you can do. It's about who you are, okay? Lots of opportunities. Um, Erica, do you guys wanna pop up here? How many of you are parents in this room? We've got a lot of parents. We've got parents to be, you're gonna count. <laughs> Lots of parents in this room. Our kids are just a perfect example of, of muchness. They're a great visual for us. Um, while they're coming up, I'm gonna tell you a story. Our three boys really could not be more different. They are so very unique. And I remember uh, being pregnant with Lincoln. We didn't know, boy, girl, we had no clue. And I remember thinking, I want a third boy so bad, it might kill me. I want this third boy. Because we have Camden over here, who's just one opposite of Solomon. I don't know how to explain them better than to say they're so stinking different. They're complete opposites. And I thought, if we have a third little boy, I wonder whether he will fall in the middle. Who will he be more like? Um, but we ended up with the mathematically impossible third opposite child. He's just nothing like either of them. Um, if we look at our children, they are, I'm so glad they're in the service today because they are the best example. If we look at these kids, we can measure their strength. Carter and Jamie, you killed it. You did good. We can measure their strength. We can see what can they do? What can they accomplish? Um, can we measure their muchness? No. We really can't. The, the muchness, love the Lord with your God, with all of your make, owed, your muchness, that is the immeasurable measure of you. Does that, that make sense? We can't replace that. We cannot count it. It's just something that God himself has put in each of you for loving him, for showing glory to him, for caring for each other, which loves him and shows glory to him. It's the most beautiful system. Have you noticed he does things like that? He does things very cyclically, very rhythmically, very, everything comes back together um, in this plan that he's put together for families, for children, loving him and loving each other. It's perfect together. It's a very perfect harmony. Jaden, Super intelligent, very friendly. If you have a conversation with him, he's very, very animated. Sullivan is very loyal and curious, and he's a tease, tease of all tees. He's my sweetheart. Harper is super generous. She's very caring and strong. Uh, Enzo, so sweet. He's very present. He's enamored with who and what he loves. 
just sewn into that. Camden is observant and literal. He's uh, very self-giving, especially to his brothers. Graceland is watchful. I think that girl sees emotions like we see color. She's very sweet. Nora is uh, my brave little tiger. She's something else. She is full of life and love and all things energy. Lincoln, our youngest there, he is imaginative and often in his own little head and very thoughtful and really stinking funny, honestly. And you can see each of their differences. You can see each of these just few little souls that I know well. I don't know all of these kids. You can see each of their muchness, right? You see how precious each one of these is, yes? Yes? You are no different. You are no different. So if you guys want to go ahead, we're going to stand and worship and pray. But you are no different. So take a lesson from these sweet kids. Who are you? I just want to ask, who are you? Love the Lord your God with all of that. Okay, will you stand with me? We're going to worship today. Tito's going to stand and sing with us. You guys did so good. You did so good. Jesus, we uh, just come to you, Lord, and worship today. God, we see the work of your hands. You've made us, oh, good, very good. We see your image in each other, God. We see your church growing in love and strength. And Lord, we just turn to you this morning to sing and pray, to love you with all our heart. Lord, would you um, just forgive us, God, for turning to those things that are fake, turning to the things that you made, not a God, it's a creation. We don't want to serve the creation. We want to serve the creator, Lord. We want to worship you as our Lord, as our Savior, as the God who holds the whole universe in his hands and at the same time holds our heart so, so dear. You have put eternity into us. You have put memod into us and muchness. You've given us a heart and a soul. You've given us a body and spirit, mind and emotions, and something special, unique to each of us, God. And we want to use that to worship you today. We want to use that in prayer towards you today. Lord, we want to use that in service towards you, in service towards each other, um, for your own sake, God, for your sake, for your glory, for your name. Would you just bring that out of us, Lord, for your glory. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Let's sing, guys.